When I was entering the workforce, way back as a messy-haired 20-something in 2003, I was told that women made on average 75 cents for every dollar that a man makes. Today, we've made some progress, but according to Payscale.com, women still only make somewhere between 81 cents and 98 cents for every dollar that a man makes. Now, turn your attention to Latin America, where in Colombia, women earn between 49 cents to 68 cents for every dollar that a man makes. And yet, despite that obvious difference, many businesses still challenge the question about why gender equality is even needed in their workplaces. When we look at gender equality on a global scale, women hold only 29% of senior management positions. Now, I don't want to make some sweeping assumptions here, but I'm going to say that 29% is a far cry from gender equality. But that 29% also happens to be the highest number ever recorded for that category. The movement towards gender equality is here, in the United States, in Latin America, and around the world. And it's being driven by the work of folks like Mia Perdomo and Andrea de la Piedra. I'm Mia Perdomo. I am the co-CEO of Aequales. I'm Andrea de la Piedra, and I'm a co-CEO of Aequales. Mia is from Colombia. Andrea from Peru. They've recently been named two of the most creative people by Fast Company. And along with being co-founders, the two share co-CEO duties for Aequales a consulting firm that provides tools for closing gender gaps in the workplace in Latin America. Together, Mia and Andrea created the PAR ranking system, a way to measure and assess data on how companies are faring in gender equality and to celebrate the strides companies are making in closing the gender gap. We talk about some of the report's recent trends the two have noticed, why gender equality is difficult across Latin America, and how the two view Equalis' work in the years to come. I'm Megan Keeney-Anderson, and this is The Growth Show. Well, I thought we could dive in and begin in a simple place. Really just start off with what is Equalis and what are some of the goals of the company? Okay, so maybe I could start. I'm Andrea. We're an organization that wants to reduce gender gaps in Latin America, in corporations in Latin America. We do it throughout measurement, consultancy, and technology. Awesome. And we have a lot of goals. Mia can talk a little bit about it. So basically, well, our main goal is, as Andrea says, closing the gender gaps in the workplace. But right now, what we want is for Latin America to have enough data in order to make the right decisions regarding closing the gender equality gap. And we want for there to be a conversation. Latin America's conversation is too backward, and we want it to go a lot more forward in terms of what we're looking for and what our aims are in the region. There's a lot in that I want to dive into. I think to wind back all the way to the beginning, I'm really interested, for starters, at least in the two of you, and what it is that brought you into this line of work. What was it that made it feel like this was the path for you? Mia, why don't we start with you? So I've been a feminist since I was 14, and I was always inclined to work for female rights. And I, I tried to work in the usual suspect places, and that didn't work out internationally and here in Colombia. So 
I just, I needed to do something about this. For me, it was urgent that I worked in, in a feminist organization. And then when I met yeah. Andrea at Georgetown University, it became clear that there was another path that I hadn't explored, which was the corporate path. And, and this is how I came to Aequales. And now I find myself being an entrepreneur, a CEO, and a feminist, which I never thought would happen. And we believe that we have to change the system from within. We understand that there are reserves towards capitalism and corporations. But now that we're working with them, we know that they have the power to change the world and we have to be where power is. Yeah. Andrea, tell me about your background and how you kind of came to this path. For me, I guess I was always a feminist, even though I didn't knew I was one. Uh, because it wasn't common when I was a child to talk about feminism. Uh, but I remember since I was a child that I was always fighting for uh, just causes, to be like, I, I was really looking for, for justice around me. Um, I also studied journalism because I wanted to know different realities. And in that path, I started doing a documentary about human trafficking and I met a group of inspiring women and I understand even more that it's harder to be a woman, a woman in our world. Women face different kind of obstacles in their life. Yeah. And when, when I get to Georgetown and when I went there and I met Mia, uh, we both share this common interest. We talk a, a lot about this. And we also realize that we both will eventually going to face the glass ceiling. Yeah. And also I used to work in corporations. So for me, it was important to start something that was sustainable and that has to do with business. Because we want to change mindsets from people that are in businesses. So we needed to understand. So that's why Aequales was created as a company and not as an NGO, for example. Yeah. Now, I'd love to hear a little bit more about the current state of gender equity in Latin America in particular, because that is where you've started your focus. Yes. So currently we, we started... Six years ago, we measure every year different corporations. This year, we have measured 900 corporations mm -hmm. in Latin America. And we see definitely that there is a big glass ceiling. So when we see how, how many women we can see in leadership positions, for example, we measured last year and only in CEO positions is less than 25% of women. So there's a big gap. Also, we, we can see that women face different challenges. And uh, when we see boards, also there's less women than men. So the usual data that we see in different parts of the world, this is especially uh, big in Latin America. Uh, when we see Mexico, Peru, Colombia, it depends, but we're really trying to close that gender gap. And the only way we can do it is measuring. You don't see what you don't measure. Right. What are some of the observations that you've made, Mia, in the, the data that you have seen? So I would say that the biggest one is a cultural gap. I feel like Latin America mm -hmm. has sort of an identity issue. So we are 
culturally like the West, but then we're not because we're not Europe and we're not the States, but culturally we have exactly the same background, but at the same time, we're not as developed. We have a strong indigenous and African influence. So I want to make an example out of this. When you go to corporations, they think things are okay. Women have rights in Latin America. Women have the right to work. Women have have the right to earn an income. Women have the right to their own patrimony, to their own nationality to give their nationality to their children. They have loads of rights. But then people think that that's enough and that we're fine. And we're not really looking into the glass ceiling and realizing that there are micro reasons why women aren't getting getting there. And we have to tackle those. So people are denying a cultural issue, which ends up reflecting on a glass ceiling. Now, so do you get a lot of opposition to the idea of the fact that there is inequality when you, you know, first start working with some of these companies, how does that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And how do you get over that? Uh, So we did it the business way. We developed a tool that makes organizations compete and organizations like competing and winning. We have a very strong and deep conversation. We do. We sit with CEOs. We talk about the profound issues. We talk about culture. We talk about the business case for gender equality. But really what we're trying to bring is a whole movement of corporations that want to look better and that want to have better data in order to do things better, in order to look better. I think that's sort of the order of things. Yeah. It's amazing how much comes down to that, but it can, it can, it can move mountains. Could you tell us more about the ranking system that you developed? So Par Ranking started six years ago and we asked 70 questions these are, uh, this is an online, online survey that is addressed to especially human resources. Um, and what we do is that we have four categories. The first one is uh, organizational structure. That it has to do with how many men and women you have in the different levels inside the organization and also different areas. So when we think about gender equality, we usually think about this, like how many women and work and men work in in this company. But this is one uh, issue. The other issues are really, really important and has to do with what Mia told you, that is culture. Um, We ask some things regarded to to the culture of the organization, Uh, some things related to how to avoid sexual harassment, This is really important, what kind of policies they have and how they address and prevent it. Then we talk about, uh, we have some questions about flexibility. This is really important as well, because as you know, women don't have enough time because they have to take care because of the gender stereotypes. They have to take care of different uh, tasks in their home. So what kind of flexibility they do have for men and women in the organization. Then a third category has to do with human resources and how they manage talent without gender stereotypes and unconscious bias and what kind of things they do to promote more women in leadership positions. We also had a fourth point that has to do with Objectives. So this has to do with the best practices and affirmative actions that companies are developing to close gender gaps. So gender gaps won't close by themselves. Companies have to develop a plan, have to have a gender equality or diversity committee. So we measure all these four areas and companies receive their results. 
I think what's also interesting about this whole story is that not only are you helping these corporations uh, sort of build their own culture and develop, but you're building your own company at the same time from the ground up. You were a startup and you're scaling now. I wonder if we could talk a little bit about not just what you do through the company, but also um, how you're building your own culture internally. What are some of the decisions that you've made as entrepreneurs to build that culture of equality within your own organization, whether it be policy or cultural choices? I think it's mostly cultural choices. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, when you're a startup, the people that you hire tend to imitate you. This we didn't know until it started happening. And then fortunately, Andrea and I share the same values. We speak similarly. We have a, a very similar discourse regarding feminism. So then the people that started working with us imitated us naturally. And now we are starting to make a structure out of this. We have derived values out of this. We are having a cultural and wellness program for the entire team. We are capturing their thoughts and feelings. So little by yeah. little, we're trying to make a structure out of it. But empirically, it was always based in the same values, in the same way of speaking. We are a horizontal organization, and this has always been a statement. We we go for justice. We go for transparency. We don't talk behind each other's backs. There are so many things that we do naturally that have permeated the team, that have become our culture, yeah. that now have to be made into a plan. Definitely. And, you know, it's interesting because feminism and cultivating feminism inside of an organization's culture is one thing, uh, but that culture is also sitting inside of a, a city and a region. And I'm curious about how you see feminism spreading in Latin America and what observations you've had on that over the years. Yes, I think the biggest issue in this is to talk about feminism in corporations. I think there is a feminist movement in Latin America, and we've seen it a lot in Chile last year, in Mexico, in Peru. We had a, a big um, event a couple of years ago. So things are moving a lot. But I think it's different when you talk about feminist movements and corporations talking about feminism. And that's the, the issue. And I think this is the opportunity. And yeah. it has to do with really understanding the concept of feminism. So I'm hopeful that more people really want to understand it. All right. So, so let's look ahead for a moment. What's next for you, for your work? We're going through a lot of changes here right now. There's a rise in remote work. There's uh, some economic uncertainty. How will the changing environment around business today impact the work that you're doing to drive feminism and drive equality within Latin American companies? Okay, for us, I think part of this is something that has triggered a lot of things in Equalis. The idea of working remote has helped us to grow even faster in new countries. So this is good because we don't need to be physically in, in 14 countries to work to those 14 countries. Yeah. I also think that we're in a context where more, more companies are thinking about themselves as agents of change 
or talking about social responsibility or the impact they're having. So they're thinking about gender equality. Mm. So this is a good moment to talk about this and to measure and to start doing things. And for us, as Aequales, we have worked a lot and we're working a lot with technology. We know that for us to scale and to, to address more countries, not only Latin America, but the world, yeah. we need to use more technology and to have the right tools to understand those different contexts and how the gender equality conversations evolve. Yeah. So we need to understand those trends, understand the context that companies are working currently. They faced a lot of issues when we started with the, the COVID-19 crisis because some of them haven't really worked uh, remote before. So for us, it was easy because we started remote and we have helped them in, in that process understand how working remote impact uh, gender gaps, for example. Yeah. So it's having gender lens in, in this new a vision of the, the companies and the vision they're having about themselves. I, I would imagine too that even just the nature of people being home um, with their kids, perhaps out of school and families, that brings that gap in and those circumstances more to the forefront. I think it might be easier to see some of the inequality between men and women, uh, working men and women, when they're when they're in a home setting, you start to see all the work that they're doing outside of that and the time that they have available or not and the imbalances that might exist there too. Surely you will see that gaps are only widening during the pandemic, exactly exactly yeah. as you say. Because um, now women are in charge of even more of the burden that they had at home, taking care of house chores and children and just care bearing in general. And really corporations are big ones, especially are starting to realize that they have a role in this and that it's their responsibility to take care of this as well. And take into account how many hours women are spending doing this and how will this impact the results? And if they're going to penalize women for the effect that this will have in their results, because how do you measure people if you measure people? against the time that they're online, against the time that they're going to be answering your messages all day and women are not allowed to do this, then are you really going to take this against them? Are you going to bring it against them? Is that fair? Is that a gender lens? Um, And then also, how are you going to take care of men? Suddenly, you are also responsible in a way for the... um, equal distribution of house chores and how men are educated from your own corporation, but then also the men that are living with your female employees and how it's affecting their security as well, because sexual violence has also increased and um, domestic violence. So corporations are starting to realize that their responsibility is much wider and a lot of them are taking action in terms of um, how they're going to handle this. But I do believe that unless corporations do something now, in a year, we will have this conversation and we will talk about the devastating figures. We are already seeing them now. In Latin America, women have more than 40% of unemployment than men. And so we're, this is going to get a lot worse. Women are not going to get promoted as much. They're not going to earn the same. They're going to start quitting their jobs. And then we cannot ask ourselves yeah. in a year what happened. We know what happened. We are right here watching it happen. So I, I just want to make like an awareness call regarding this, this issue. Yeah. Is this, this is a tough question, but is this a, where we are right now? Is it a wake up call or is it a potential backslide? 
I think Aequales is seeing this, at least from my side, as a backslide. Unfortunately, I do believe yeah. I, I cannot be falsely po- optimistic. I, I think Andrea can have her no, own I opinion, that. but I think this is a backslide and it's going to take a while for us to recover and then have more of a wake up call in terms of, oh, oh, so that happened during the pandemic. It's like, we told you, you were there, but I'm, I'm literally <laughs> waiting to have this conversation. Like I, I'm expecting it. Yeah. Andrea, what do you think? And I think it has to do with I, I I'm I agree with Mia. We before the pandemic, we were teaching organizations to have a gender lens in the things they were they were doing because they weren't doing it with gender lens. And what this generated was that, that this could impact in having greater gender gaps. Okay? And now we have a new context and we're telling them you have to continue addressing this context with gender lens. And if they don't do it or if they consider this is not important for the business, this could be really, really negative for the advancement they have been doing. Yeah. Now... It makes your work more important and you have expanded not only in terms of kind of the scope and the lenses through which you kind of educate companies, but also in terms of your just span of geography. Uh, You've expanded to cover all of Latin America. Are you looking to expand more beyond that uh, at this stage or in the future? Uh, Yeah, we want to conquer the world (laughs) for us. uh, That's really important. But currently, we have to focus on Latin America yeah. and address all Latin American countries because we are from here. We understand the reality. But of course, we want to address more countries in the world with the right allies because it's important to understand each uh, context and the reality of each country. But definitely, we want to keep on growing and not only growing in markets, but also growing in what we do and how we address this issue. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Perhaps we could round out with telling people where they can learn more about your work. I know you have an event coming up on November 4th. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about that too. Sure. We're super excited to have everyone on board at our 4th of November event. We are having an awards ceremony uh, we expect 1,500 people, 900 corporations represented. We are going to award the prize for the best corporation in Latin America in terms of gender equality conditions. Nice. And it's a free and open event for everyone. So we would be more than happy to have people from all over the world tuning in. That is awesome. So we can share that out from the show as well. Mia, Andrea, thank you so much for taking the time and for the work that you're doing every day in Latin America and and for corporate America as well. I think it's a really fascinating time and um, I'm hoping that it is more of a leap forward than a slide back, but definitely understand the, the worries there too. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Megan. This has been an amazing conversation. Thank you, Megan. Nice meeting you. Today's episode was written and produced by Matthew Brown. Additional editing help comes from Isis Madrid. Our theme song is by Tyler Litwin. And the music you're hearing right now comes from Synchronize. You can learn more about Mia and Andrea's work over at equales.com. And we'll put a link up for their November 4th awards presentation over on our show's Twitter, at The Gross Show. As always, 
I'm Megan Keeney Anderson, and thanks for listening.